Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Okay, this time change is killing us, huh, Peyton? It's like dark so early and Peyton's not tired and I am exhausted. It's like this time change doesn't affect kids. It just affects grown-ups, huh, Peyton? My whole body is so tired. All right. The Graveyard Riddle, Chapter 26. Getting out of my house had been surprisingly easy. Mum's bedroom light had turned off just before 11 and I could hear her soft snores about 10 minutes later. I had been working, worried that Frankie might make a noise, but he didn't even lift his head when I slipped out the front door. I was meeting Matthew by the alley. He eventually appeared 10 past 12. He hurried over to me, his face pale in the moonlight. moonlight. You're late, I whispered. I know, my dad, dad's only just gone to bed, so I had to make sure he was asleep. Ready, he said. Ready, I grinned. I'd never been in the graveyard at night. It almost felt like a different place. The daylight colors of greens and yellows and grays had been replaced with the nighttime shades of deep purples, blacks, and browns. It was still beautiful. We headed past the horse at Chestnut Tree, and something screeched. Matthew jumped. What was that, he said. It's just a fox, I said. He took a deep breath and sped up. Come on, let's get it over with, he said. Okay, come on, let's get this over with, he said. I think the excitement of being considered a spy material might have been wearing off. Thanks for coming, Matthew. I said, it's nice having you here. It was getting hard not to be able to talk to you about what was going on. I couldn't let you go on your own now, could I, said Matthew. When we got to the plague house, Hal was waiting outside, sitting against the wall. You're here, he said, jumping up. I wasn't sure of the time, so I just thought I'd wait until you were here. I've been looking at the moon. Isn't it beautiful? Matthew and I turned up and looked at the bright silver orb in the sky. Wow, it's so bright, said Matthew. It really was stunning. Cal swung his rucksack over his shoulder and picked the two rolled up blankets, tucking them under his arm. Ready, he said. Yep, let's go. Remember, Melody, you have to check for messages now. Of course, said Hal. Of course, I said. How exciting was this? As we walked through the graveyard, Matthew kept checking behind him every few steps. I wasn't sure it's okay if he was looking for ghosts or dangerous criminal, criminals, but he was certainly very jumpy. There's, there's no one there, Matthew said, I, Matthew, I said, just relax. He nodded, but I could see he was scared. I decided talking normally might help. What did you, what did you get up to this evening? I said, anything good? We were our where we were nearly all in the alleyway. Not much. I just watched a bit of YouTube. He whispered. Our feet crunched on the stones in the alleyway as we headed back to Chestnut Close. The streetlights made me feel made it feel less dark. Then we had dinner and I did some homework. What's YouTube? Hal asked. Matthew went to laugh and then he realized Hal was being serious. You don't know what YouTube is? He said quietly. Just then, I spotted someone and gasped. Look, it's old Nina. I said. She placed two empty milk bottles on her doorstep and then stopped to look up in the moon. We were just about to step back into the shadows 
when she turned around and saw us. She made her way down to the garden and folded her arms, waiting for us to come over. Leave the talking to me, I said under my breath. She was wearing a pale yellow sweater with her blue brooch pinned to one side. As we approached her, I know, she looked at the three of us in turn. Hello, Melody and Matthew, she said. Her eyes rested on Hal. What on earth are you doing out at this hour? Uh, we're doing a science project, I said. We had to do a um, nighttime safari, spotting nocturnal wildlife and, and that. Hal was staring at old Nina's home, the rectory. I really like your house. It looks like an old vampire could live there, he said. He came and stood next to the door and looking up at the house. I guess it's a little spooky, said old Nina. But it's home to me. Are you a friend of Melody or Matthew's? I nodded. Yeah, he's in our science class. He's staying over at mine, aren't you, Hal? I saw Hal flinch, and when I said his name out loud, I'd given away it away instantly. But old Nina nodded. I don't know. These school projects they always come up with nowadays. Night safaris, she said. It was nice to see you all. She headed back up the path, and we walked on a bit and waited for the door to close behind her. Okay, let's go, I said. The three of us crossed over the road towards number one. I took the key out of my pocket and fumbled it get to get it into the lock. The door opened, and we both piled into the hallway. I quickly shut the door <clears throat> behind us and put the key back into my pocket. Matthew went to switch the light on. No, I said, no lights. There can't be any sign that anybody was here. Hal dropped his blanket and the rucksack onto the floor, and he looked around. The house smelled musty and stale. The air had been left inside for too long. The hallway had a deep pink-colored carpet and floral wallpaper. This place is incredible, said Hal. Matthew and I looked at each other. He ran to the living room and then headed and then reappeared around the door. Guys, this there's a massive television in here, he shouted. Shush, I said. My mom is just next door. If she hears you, it's over. And you can't put the TV on. You must stay away from the windows in case you're seen. Hal nodded and he ran to the dining room and even into the kitchen. We followed him. Look at the fridge. It's quieter this time. Wait, look at the fridge, he said. Oh, quieter this time. I was like, what? It's huge. He opened it and closed it a few times, making the light turn off and on. There were a few jars of pickles on the shelves. Not much else. I didn't understand why he seemed so excited. It was just a normal fridge. It's not that big, said Matthew. It's half the size of our our one, actually. Hal giggled. Don't be silly, he said. Matthew frowned at me as if he was to say, what is going on? But I had no idea. Why was Hal all of a sudden acting so weird? Because he's never been home. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it was just the relief of relief of um the relief of getting here the fear of being abandoned by m18 discovered by martin stone must have been a very stressful are you all right said matthew hal started giggling i'm fine this place is brilliant he said thank you he was like an incredible an excitable toddler he suddenly rushed over off to the living room matthew and i looked at each other and then followed him hal sprawled out on the squishy sofa he had his arms folded behind his head and his ankles were crossed at the cushion. You know what? I think I'm going to like it here, he said with a grin. Okay, this is weird. I wonder if he's just an orphan that ran away and he's been on his own for so long. You know what I mean? 
When I went to bed later, I listened for any noises coming next door. I was worried that Hal might turn the TV on or thump up and down the stairs. If Mom heard anything, she'd tell Mr. Charles how it would be found and everything would be over. But as much as my ears were strained to hear any sign of life, it was all quiet. As far as everyone else was concerned, number one was still empty. That night, I had a bad dream. It was about Dad. I never usually dreamed about him. It was as if he had vanished from my subconscious, cut subconscious, cut subconscious, <clears throat> as if he had just vanished from my life. And the dream, we were back at the circus watching Nikolai Day Fry doing his incredible trick. We were on the part where the two men circled the tank, holding the black curtain attached to the poles. I was gripping and slowly eating my popcorn. I turned to the left, but the seat was empty. Dad was gone. Back in the rain, the two men dropped the curtain and the audience gasped, then began to laugh. The tank was empty of water, but someone was empty of water, but someone was inside. It was Dad. He was sitting on the floor of the tank, texting on his phone. The laughter from the audience got louder and louder when he looked up at me and waved. Faces in the crowd turned to see who he was waving out. Their laughter became louder and maniacal. They whispered to one another, pointing at me, the girl who had been projected by her own father. I grasped, I gasped myself awake and felt wet tears on my cheeks. It took a long, few long, de- or I took a few long, deep breaths and then calmed myself down. Today, I'd accomplished an important mission. I'd succeeded into getting Hal into a safe place. Now I had another crack. I had to get a hold of that letter. I can't wait to see what that letter says. Can you? gosh i can't wait to see what it says all right next chapter